All right, so let's make it plain. Welcome back to the Make It Plain Wayne podcast, where we will entertain, we will heal, and we will build you up. I am Wayne, and this is Elevated Friendship. So for today's topic, uh, I, I honestly really wanted to talk about fitness in February. Um, but two things. It's Black History Month. And for me, uh, the second thing, I just don't see the need and the reason to force it into this month when I feel like black history is American history and should be interwoven uh, 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 like apple pie, like sports, like so many other uh, uh, great American things. I really feel like we should be past this by now, right? And and there, there are several, I think, places where we could have unified very easily. Um, uh, number one, I, f- I feel like the church, um, the church as Christians, white, black, um, uh, Hispanic, Asian, um, um, you know, all of these different breakouts and, and demographics of Christianity, I feel, could have came together and prayed away racism as a corporate prayer um, years ago, five years ago, you know, Michael Brown, Black Lives Matter, all that. Um, decades ago, Rodney King, <laughs> like, I mean, the influence of gangster rap not being here and then being here and then everybody even now in white culture fully embracing it and, and the clothes, the hair, the baggier pants, the baggier clothes, the uniforms, the swag. Like it's it's here to stay. Like it's a part of both white and black culture, um, hip hop. Um, and then like 50, 60, 70 years ago, the, the forming of the NAACP, the fact that black people need to tell someone that we're being hurt or harmed to me is just it's so old and outdated. And um, I'm not asking for any kind of racial war um, if if if. It was, I feel like the war has been on black people, (laughs) honestly, like who honestly has more guns and more control over the system. It's not black people. So if it was a war, I think the war is showing that, uh, you know, as far as black people, black people are the ones not benefiting from this war. (laughs) Um, But I feel like we should be so far removed from this, right? Black History Month, um, it comes every February, and we have a chance to kind of sit back and talk about all the amazing things that Black people have done, but it's always related to oppression. Like, none of the stories come from a a place of uh, uh, neutrality. It doesn't come from a place of Obama on. It comes from Everything that led up to uh, 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 Obama, everything that led up to Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, um, Sojourner Truth, uh, uh, you got like um, Marcus Garvey, uh, you know, people like Spike Lee, playwriters and, and, and directors like Spike Lee bringing his vision of blackness to the screen, Ava DuVernay. Um, Harriet Tubman, 
Benjamin Banneker, you know, there's like all of these strong black names, but the only reason like, and this is what's sad to me as, as a black man, the only reason why we're talking about black history, the only reason why it means so much is because of how we have been oppressed and how we have been held down. So here's the thing, like, after a while, like with me, I'm only going to give um, a certain type of feeling or emotion um, room to breathe and room to grow before I feel that that tone, that remedy of we shall overcome like we overcame. Like there's so many of us have overcame <laughs> and, and I'm going to I'm going to play both sides here because as you can hear in my voice. I've had, you know, an opportunity to live and love around many peoples um, where, especially if you know my family, you know us well enough. I don't have the, uh, 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 um, I can't, I'm not allowed to say that it's just one people that I'm going to be around, um, you know, being in the circles of church of prison, uh, um, you know, re-entry, uh, being in communities that are, are Latin or Hispanic, being in suburbs, communities where, you know, I'm the only black person there and, and it's very white. I haven't had the experience. <laughs> Let me say it that way. I haven't had, um, that's not my story of just living in one community. I've lived, lived in various communities with various people and seeing just how amazing and wonderful they are. So when I tell this story, I am a translator. I'm a messenger, right? So let me, let me kind of play both sides here, right? As we tell the um, Black History Month story, the slavery story, the Jim Crow story, um, the, uh, you know, segregation story and all of the other stories that you want to tell because there are heroes that come from this like you, you have to kind of take note of the two of the most famous black you know civil rights leaders being religious leaders like imagine that like imagine that two men of god quote unquote um one that embraces christ the lord jesus christ as his savior the other that pushes allah and, and here's the, the beautiful part. For everyone that tried to demonize and radicalize um, our, you know, Middle Eastern, you know, brothers and sisters of the world um, and the, how they look and, and, and the terrorism and all that, for everybody that tried to make them the villain, we have had, I mean, go back to the, the 60s. You've had Muslims, black Muslims, and all kinds of Muslims worldwide, especially when Malcolm, <laughs> when Malcolm X goes over to pray and, and love on Allah and go to Mecca. Like he's in the, 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 the worship of all worships with all these white Muslims and Middle Eastern Muslims. <laughs> and he's just like, what? <laughs> you know, like this isn't, 
spirituality is not a specific tone or color of people thing. It's an all people thing. So just imagine, you know, his face looking around, seeing that. And then, yes, none of these Muslims on American soil that are black causing a war, causing a riot, causing all these issues. And, you know, I I feel like maybe that's what made, you know, (laughs) that's what made people nervous when the Black Panthers came around. But just look at that. The these men of God. Standing up. And saying, hey, some things aren't right. You know, we don't have HR yet. <laughs> we don't have really, we don't really have an HR department for, um, you know, the demographic of, of African-American people. We don't really have an HR department to check and, and talk to people. But we as people of God, as men of God, we want to speak out because we want to share this information with you. And ironically, other men of God... And I have documentation of this. I can show this to you are coming out that are white, that are not comfortable with what's happening to their, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ that just so happen to be black. Because if you're all one body, you're all one flesh and you're all the body of Christ, why shouldn't we be together in our worship? Why shouldn't we be together in how we reap and how we sow and how we, you know, navigate through life. So as I said, I want to I want to speak to this from both sides, right? We tell this narrative continuously that Black people, Black History Month, we come from slavery. Uh, I think the the what was his name? Not is it Richard Smalls? <laughs> I think that was his name, G- gentleman that played both sides and. Um, got people free out of slavery because he knew boat travel, boat navigation. Like, I'm going to play both sides here and explain it because we keep talking about slavery. We keep talking about Jim Crow. We keep talking about segregation. From white culture, like, like look at this. Like, l- look at this here. From white culture, and I hate to say it this way, the black experience, the black, uh, for lack of a better term, life is very similar to the way we look at shoes, right? Now, if you talk to people right now, I can go and show you some high school kids right now that will go to track practice wearing high top sneakers, basketball shoes, which offer them, you know, nothing (laughs) as far as, you know, in the track world offers them nothing. But in the shoe game, the shoe world, the way we have progressed with shoes is similar to how we progress with understanding and knowing black people, like the, the, the knowledge, the intel, understanding the foot, learning the foot, do this, don't do that. This helps your Achilles. This hurts your Achilles. You're underpronating. You're outer pronating. So it's like the way we understand our shoes and foot and foot health is almost exactly the way we've started to learn and understand black people, which if you understand the foot, the foot is very important. But because it's, you know, the exact opposite from your head, 
people really don't take time to pay attention. They don't get their pedicures. They don't take care of their their toenails and their feet, or if they get a fungus or they get athlete's foot, you know, the, the, the issues are ongoing and they finally don't notice until there's extreme pain, right? And that's that property damage. Until there's like extreme pain or, or something is going wrong where they finally realize they haven't been paying attention to their own feet, their own foot. You don't have to get a pedicure every month or even every year to take care of yourself, to look down at this very vital part of your body and take care of it. That's That should be a no-brainer. But, as I said, your head is at the top of your body. Your feet are at the bottom. Coming from white culture, you, you pay attention long enough, you start to understand that there's a hierarchy in white culture that exists. And it, show, it shows up in every movie, it shows up in, in, in every TV show, um, every drama, every film. And I'm just going to lightly address it here because everybody knows it and they see it, but they don't say a damn thing about it, right? Let's go with a classic high school film, right? Like Breakfast Club or Can't Hardly Wait or Ferris Bueller or... Uh, you know, like a, a, a Cobra Kai, Karate Kid, the top of the food chain is this uh, muscular or athletic, good-looking white male who either has blonde hair and blue eyes or dark hair. He's tall, dark, and handsome, which is even a funnier uh, way to address a man because dark is really not white. But... um. <laughs> You've got this this strong, athletic, white male quarterback type or basketball player type. It's usually a quarterback type or a, you know, um, um, student council, hockey. Uh, you know, this guy is just cool, cool beyond cool, right? And then you have, like, the cheerleader type, that gorgeous, young, vixen type. And then everybody else. <laughs> so it's like, you could be some kind of an interesting rogue character, but you have to be in that top accepted society, which is either in student council, like, and go watch 13 Reasons Why if you don't believe me. That show kind of highlights and shows this. If if you're not an athlete or super attractive showing off and and getting popular and, you know, that kind of thing. If you're not a, a super uh, uh, athlete or super attractive and, and pulling people to you with some type of popularity, boy, you are on that second tier. And on that second tier are really the people, honestly, who are working so hard just to be good at life, right, with their grades, with their, their uh, music. Or with their studies, you know, they're, they're, they're working so hard just to be a good person, good people. They don't have time to, to catch up with the athletes. They don't have time to put on an image or put on a face to, you know, look good in front of everybody. Like, they don't have time to do all that stuff that automatically puts you in that popular category because of how they were raised or, you know, how they've come up. 
you know, and you see this in these characters. Go watch Mean Girls if you don't believe me. Mean Girls, okay? So, <laughs> you can be anything, be anything in the world in a high school environment, in white culture. Go watch Superbad. Um, go watch, uh, uh, God, what is it called? Uh, 21 Jump Street, especially the way they jump and fit right back into their high school um uh, uh all that you can be anything in high school as long as you aren't nerdy and now i think it's different now i think gay kids are cool now it used to be like you can't you in the old days you can't be nerdy you can't be gay if you are black you have to be an athlete like you have to be an athlete especially the, the way i saw it growing up if you were at a white school <laughs> You had to be an athlete. Anything else is a problem because the minute you speak out, the minute you start talking, it makes people nervous. It, ma it makes people a little bit worried and bothered. So, I mean, you can be in some kind of pop culture, like maybe you rap or maybe you dance. You have to have some type of entertainment value that makes people feel good in order for them to leave you alone. But you can be just don't be a nerd. Don't be geeky. You know, you got to have good hygiene. You got to look good. You get, which, heaven forbid, you actually spend time in your teenage years trying to grow and mature at a different rate than somebody else, right? Your body, your hair, uh, uh, hygiene, all that stuff that you're trying to figure out. Now that adults, we know that the brain doesn't really mature until 28 and like harden a little bit. <laughs> so you could be anything but nerdy, anything but awkward, anything but weird. There has to be some type of popular value to what you're doing in order for people to like you in high school. That's the white world, right? Well, that's just high school. What about like the, the structure of, you know, society and as far as people? Well, you've got your religious, you know, standpoints um, with Catholic being at the top. Um, yeah, I, I would say like Catholic, Methodist, um, Lutheran, maybe like First Baptist. Um, you don't really get into Pentecostals until you get into the Bible Belt down in the South. You know them, them, Richie, Richie, Richie Jimmies, those, <laughs> you know Willie, Willie Tommies, um, those guys with the two first names. Uh, there is a structure though, and the point I'm trying to make is whether it's religious, whether it's political. Um, there is a structure and there's so much competition, right? And there's so, there's so many numbers in, within the white culture, within the white community, that by the time you hear about black people, all you hear is whining in, in, in trying to compete amongst, you know, Look at the high school spectrum in trying to compete against all these kids for who's going to be most popular, 
who's going to find and date this girl or this boy or grades or there's so much competition and so many numbers and keeping up with the Joneses and this family being better than this family and politics and, you know, trying to be better than this person, trying to out earn, trying to make money, trying, the whole structure and the whole uh, 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 experience of white culture does not make room for black culture. So when someone hears about black culture, all they hear is whining. All they hear is, well, you've been free since 1865. I don't understand what the problem is. Until you have somebody that can kindly share it with them, right? That's not really happening. What do we see on TV? Marching. What do we see on TV? Black Lives Matter. What do we see on TV? We shall overcome. What do we see on TV? Colin Kaepernick taking a knee, silent protest, no property damage. Like, I mean, he, he tried to do it as respectful as he could after talking to a Green Beret. So when all of the peaceful solutions that we used, uh, the information was never transferred over. So the hard part is going about your day, and, and I, can, I can honestly say this, going about your day, not seeing or hearing from any, any black people, Mexican people, Asian people at all, and then all you see is what's on TV. That's not really fair, right? So there's no bridge into quality relationships with black people where we make stupid statements and say things about people like, you know, but hey, you're not, but you don't really come from the hood, right? So I can say the N word, you know, people just throw anything at you. Well, you're now, where were you raised? Now, I'm going to say the N-word, okay? I just want to let you know. And, like People have to qualify that you are not as thug so they have an excuse to uh, 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 drop your value in, <laughs> in, in, a, in a civil rights sense, right? Well, you're not really going to... We're not really going to do all that Malcolm X stuff because you're more white, Wayne. You're more white, so I, I can get away with this, right? like no just be a good person like would i say something that could possibly insult you or hurt you in any way no but if we're friends and we're cool and we have a certain word that we toss back and forth that's completely different but not being on that level and not being able to talk to people on that level that's not i don't i don't know what that is and i don't i still don't understand that in people um but yeah Coming from white culture, this is what's really hard. I know this is really hard for a lot of black people to understand. There hasn't been any room. There hasn't been any bridge for black struggle, black anything to really be understood. Because there's so much American history. There's so much family history. And there's so much I want to say data and work and life going on in these white communities with these families, with these people, they haven't had time to think about another demographic. They haven't had time to look at anything else. 
So then when they see on the news this property damage, right? They don't see a yearning and a crying out for people. They see somebody damaging part of the life that I've built up. So when you say that, uh, you know, when, when, when the argument that um, uh, the, the, the America was built on the backs of black men and women and slavery and this and that, they don't hear that in present day because they're seeing everything from the perspective of the last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, 40 years. They're not looking at 1865. They're not looking at the, the, the block start or the, the tip off of the first quarter and looking at the game for what it is. They're looking at, for their life, all the highlights on ESPN. <clears throat> so that's that's one of the things that I feel like still hasn't been conveyed very well or transferred very well is that uh, there is a full psychology of experience that needs to be considered when we're looking, you know, at, at white versus black or black versus white and really understanding each other so much better because it's like it's so old and outdated to me now that we don't understand each other a little bit better. Like it kind of bothers me. Like we're at this point in history and as far as men and women, um, it's getting better in our country, but we should just know each other so much better right now. As men, as women, you're either a tiger or a bear. You're either an eagle or a shark. You know what I'm saying? You're either a dolphin or a deer. Like, we're not the same animal in the relationships. Like, you're going to have a different habitat, mindset, all these things. So the fact that we don't understand people as men and women better, it actually rolls into why we probably don't understand each other when it comes to a, a color sense or a demographic sense, I don't say racial because we're all human race. The fact that American um, uh, Red Cross wants my blood means that we're all one race. Um, so, yeah, coming from the white perspective, like I get it. I, I now I get it and I see it and I understand because I've had enough time to just listen and learn and watch people and just and just like I said, listen and learn. Now, coming from the black perspective, uh, this this is what makes this even harder is uh, we have all these consistent reminders of how bad it has been to be black, which for me, I want no part of anymore. Like I, it, it's like somebody reminding me of how horrible it was when I was grieving the loss of someone that passed away. So, yeah, that's kind of the hard part is uh, <laughs> we, we've we've fully documented what slavery was. We fully documented what the Jim Crow era was. We fully documented what segregation was. And I hate to say it this way, like nobody cares. <laughs> Like, nobody cares. Nobody cares enough to come and say, as a country, I'm sorry. Like, we, we're really sorry for everything we did, um, for using you as a source of undocumented labor, of, of unpaid labor to build this country, and then kick you to the curb, so to speak, 
and then take all of the reins for the farming, for all of these things that we made you all do and that we perfected through you. We, we used you all as a high heel to elevate ourselves. We used you all as a, uh, a stage. We used you all as a stage to project our agenda, to project our way of life, to project what we were trying to do. Was it wrong to do a lot of the things we did? Yes. But hey, newsflash, let's all do this together. What? How can we partner together and how can we work together to right some of those wrongs? To, to, to gift, you know, you friendships and relationships that will help us all grow, right? And I think there's, there's you know, there's information out now and, and several podcasts and talks about how there's a Chinatown. There's, you know, the Jewish, the, the great Jewish um, uh, centers and, and groups of people that have, you know, had this great history of being here, you know, uh, pre and post World War II and have, have collectively done great things together. The Irish communities, the Mexican communities, um, the like uh, uh, Eastern European communities that have come here, like everyone's come here and has their village or their town, uh, Chinatown and all this types things. Where where can we be allowed to grow and and do great things without hip hop, without athletics and sports, without filling up prisons for profit prisons and, you know, being the constant hunt of police, right? And anybody that knows me knows full well. I don't believe that people love and support the police as much as they say they do. They have outdated equipment. Some of these guys are on 12, 13-hour shifts, and they're trying to save the world on, what, five hours of sleep, four hours of sleep? We've asked them to do too much. We've asked these police officers to do too much. And they're trying to police whole communities, whole zip codes by themselves. I would be a little bit on edge and I would be a little bit worn out too. That's why these police officers are acting the way they're doing, that they are. They've been asked to take a job that's too much for them. And we've never been uh, 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 open enough to admit that. That's not fair to them and their families. They come home dead. Their families lose their, their dad or their mom. Like, this is just too much. All while we create this cesspool and this this uh, uh, prison population that also funds these new companies. And, okay, labor, labor shortage, work shortage, well, we'll just fill up more prisons. I think there was a statistic that California had more prisons than colleges. It's just like, make that make sense. What kind of a country is that? Why would you want that as a country? And why would you want to contribute uh, to more of that? Is that the kind of place you want your children growing up in? Like, what kind of world is that? Where now we have not just the people to fill the prison, but the reasons to fill the prison. We got to start working on those reasons. So my point being, you know, from the black side of things, we should understand that nobody cares. <laughs> like we're marching and, and Black Lives Matter and, and NAACP and all this. Nobody cares. 
Like nobody, history has shown that the moment you turn all of that outward energy into inward healing and inward strength, that is when you grow. That is when we find real power, real strength, real resilience. Um, you look at the book of <clears throat> the book of Leviticus. In the book of Leviticus, they had laws, rules, and regulations for themselves. They didn't go out to do this. They policed and learned and grew from within in themselves and built something that the world now knows as one of the greatest cultures, one of the greatest you know, people ever. And that's where we get our three Abrahamic religions from, right? So we've done this with hip hop. We turned inward and it made everything outward so much great. We've done this with athletics. We go inward and it comes outward so great. We just need to do it again as a people. We just need to heal. So that's why for me, American history is black history and black history is American history. Like we should want it to be told um, evenly and in each chapter because there's black men, there's black women, especially black women in almost each and every chapter of American history that was great. Like you, you look, there's always a black woman or a black man somewhere in there. And there's like this, uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, um, and I'm going to tag him. Um, he was, I believe, Navy is a black man. And he swam through shark infested waters to save his white uh, crewmates, his shipmates. Um, we're not going to talk about that. Like, those are the kind of movies, those are the kind of war heroes that this country was made of. So why do we want so bad to take the ownership of plantations, but we won't take the ownership of our whole story together when we've all succeeded? The success of black Americans is the success of Americans in general. You have to tell it that way. If you do not, you are asking for racism. This country is a, is a melting pot, a mixing pot, and we've got all this, this great, it, it's like a salad, right? We've got all this great opportunity, all this great this, all this great that. With the 12 and 13% of black people that are in this country, it's okay to show that 12 and 13% of this country is black, right? It, 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 it's not a... A numbers game or a strategic tactic, it simply is okay to show what we are. But when we look at this country and the image of this country, um, too often we're left out. And so playing both sides here, black versus white, black, I get it. The white side, I, I get it as well. I wholeheartedly get it. But the, the thing is, as the narrator, as the author of this story, we're starting to see this now. We're in movies, commercials, and TV shows. They're starting to show more mixed children. And this is how we're, <laughs> this is how we're slowly allowing color to be a part of the American spectrum. Because now, almost every family's got a little mixed girl or a little mixed boy in their family that's either black and white, Asian and white, Latino, Mexican and white, you know, we we're blending, we're, we're merging and fertility is a thing. It's a real thing. So when 
you know, certain boys and girls from the family don't get married or don't have kids and others do. I mean, that's real. And that's not that's not a gift that I can give anybody or bless anybody with. We just got to celebrate when people have kids. Right. Blonde hair, blue eyed, dark skin, chocolate skin, Asian, Mexican. We just got to celebrate, you know, when people have kids. But when these families choose to mix and you've got Mexican families and black families, Asian families and Irish families, um, white families and black families or white families and, you know, any other part of the color wheel, we should also celebrate that as well. So for me, Black History Month is just another history month. Like we sh we shouldn't need to highlight it so bad and we shouldn't have needed a BET. Like to me, needing BET any time after segregation, needing Black History Month any time after segregation proves to me that as a people, our voice has not been heard. That 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 we haven't been embraced. Like, okay, so slavery, we should be no longer three-fifths a man. We should be a whole person. Um, 13th Amendment, slavery is allowed in prison. That should have been broken down and busted up. Like, why? Like, you're in prison. It's it's miserable. Like, you can't even go get a glass of juice on your own accord. Like, that that should have been busted up and broken down anyway. Um. So, yeah, slavery, 1865, we should have been friends by then. We should have reconciled and been like, you know what? All right. You know, you guys, you guys are cool. Let's 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 be let's be cool. But it was political. It wasn't internally motivated and, and a character uh, uh, of, of uh, integrity. It wasn't integrity related. It was politically related. Right. So the conversations of healing and growth have never happened and really need to happen immediately, right? 1865, we should have we should have been friends, should have been cool. Who is going to tell the story of forgiveness and open and extend their hand first? The slave or the people who have been slave masters, right? It's like somebody that's that's beating and and a bully the bully needs to reach down and say, I'm sorry first, not the person that's being bullied at school, which people do understand now. It's a whole nother topic. If your kid's being cyber bullied, if your kid's being trashed on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, if your kid's being bullied so bad that they want to commit suicide, do they reach out their hand and ask for forgiveness? Or does the person that's beating down on them that should be asking for forgiveness? Or asking for help. So that's what I'm saying. 1865, done with slavery, right? And some people tried to carry it on a, a couple years. Um, Jim Crow, why? Just why? Jim Crow era, why? Um, segregation, why? We should have been prayed up. We should have held hands. But some people, instead of going to church and praising the Lord, they hang black business owners and then point at them and smile and have everybody gather around because they did a good job hanging a black man and burning him to a crisp. Some did it in the middle of town, Braveheart style, and persecute, beat that man and, and kill him. Um, 
there's just too many records of horrible acts of violence. And after all those horrible acts of violence, it does something to a people. It damages their mind. It damages their spirit. It damages them. So after all this time, we should have been reconciled. We should have had a chance to bridge the gaps in, in our lack of understanding of each other. So of a beat down people, I ask you again, who was going to be the one to extend that hand of forgiveness, right? So I don't know when it was supposed to happen. Maybe you don't know when it was supposed to happen either. But the need for BET, the need for NAACP, the need for Black Lives Matter, the need for Black History Month, um, to me shows that we haven't gotten to where we need to where it's regular, right? Um, it's like telling people there's new cars for sale. I mean, there's Chevy, there's Dodge. There's, we know these brands like the back of our hand. You don't have to tell people that. But, you know, this is where we're at. And we need to have these conversations, not on race, but just let me tell you what's happened. Let me tell you what's happened over the years. And when you tell people that story, I feel like both stories should tell, both, both sides, black and white, should tell each other what's been happening all this time. 1865, we were just getting out of slavery. 1865, my family came over from this country or my family helped start this town, this city. Go line after line after line after line. Go decade after decade after decade after decade and talk about your history simultaneously, line by line, and tell each other what you've been doing throughout each decade and see what happens. Line them up side by side and show what's been happening. The proof is in the pudding, right? Somebody could lie to me all day, but once they show me their receipts, I know everything I need to know about them, right? Show me your receipts. So, yes, um, it's Black History Month. I really can't get excited about it because to me, it just means that we're still at a point where we don't really understand it yet. Like, I don't know. I, I, the older I get, I just get less excited because I realize that the idea to remind people how oppressed and how beat down they were comes up again. It's not Christmas. This isn't a happy time. <laughs> you know, it's not like Thanksgiving where I'm excited. Oh, God, what am I going to cook or what am I going to cook them or what are they going to cook me? It's, this isn't an exciting time. This is, if anything, kind of a scary time, a sad time, because it's like, man, like, look at all the horrible things we went through. Like, what if there was a World War II month? I mean, there'd be guys, if they were alive, there'd be guys in their 80s and 90s just sitting there shaking you know what I mean? Like just from all the trauma of everything that happened to them. So like, is it really a good thing to remind people of how they've, you know, per, you know, not, not pushed through, but how they've grown out of all this trauma? That's why I say it. The fact that we have to tell people this is like the negative side of America. It, it, it's, we shouldn't have to tell you to stay hydrated. We shouldn't have to tell you to eat better. We shouldn't have to tell you 
don't eat this amount of or this specific food every day. We shouldn't have to tell you that. But if you do, raise your you know health insurance rates. You can pay the smoker fee. You can do this. You can do that. If you want to destroy yourself this way, here's the <laughs> plan. This is what you have to pay. We shouldn't have to tell you to eat better, live better, and do better. But it is very American because of our choices, because of our rights. We don't have to do anything, right? I don't have to do anything you're telling me to do. So, yeah. Um, it's Black History Month. But really, I just want to talk about fitness this month. <laughs> just being honest. The sooner I can get away from the mindset of having to come back to when I was less than or when I was not valuable. Is is when I can get away from that, the sooner I can get away from that and just... All that old stuff that's still not working is a better day for me. And honestly, this is why I understand why when people are successful in life and doing great in life that are black, they're they're either too pro-black or they're a Black Panther or they're a radical or or they're a coon, right? Once you come out of that normal uh, uh, hood to lower class or middle class blackness mindset, you're either a coon or you're uh, dangerously pro-black. You're either Carlton or a Black Panther, right? If you're anything other than what society says you're supposed to be as a black man, you're either a, a, a Black Panther or t- difficult to deal with. Somebody needs to be put down or you're like a Carlton Black Republican, which is like they're just people. Like, why can't we just understand who the person is before we demonize them and and try to make them out to be something that they're not? Right. So, yeah. Um, and then on the other on the plus side, the, the flip side. Let's talk about it this way. Not everybody that's white is racist or a slave master, right? Like benefiting from a system of racism is not the same as knowingly (laughs) being a part of it. A villainous person, evil person, a problematic person that has, you know, the control and history of oppression and xyz that knows that they have caused people trouble knows that they have caused people pain and continues to try to profit off of that knowingly they know that it's a bad history they know that it's a bad thing they know but if they just keep making money that that's who that's who is causing the trouble that's who's causing the problems but then once again like i say Black people, nobody cares. <laughs> you know, you show that you have a financial power and a political power, then everybody wants to back up. Then everybody wants to listen. So that's why I get it. And in these elections and, and all this, why everybody pushes so hard for the black vote that wants it. It shouldn't just be a Democratic thing. It shouldn't just be a Republican thing. It should be everybody. Every political party thing should want some of that black vote. Um. <laughs> But yes, um, people that don't know, don't know. And on that, on the white side of things, 
you can't just point at every white person and make them feel in their feelings and just expect them to just, oh, my God, I feel so bad about this. My whole life is just a, a roller coaster ride built on the backs of, of, of black slaves. Nobody's going to sit and listen to that. That guilt and that shame, people will shrug that off so quick and not even deal with it. Right. Like understand sales and marketing. Sales and marketing means you have to create an atmosphere where someone will sit and listen. The sales presentation has to be so good that people will sit and listen to it. Nobody's going to sit and listen to a, a, a hot poker of guilt. They're not going to just let you sit there and poke them in the chest. Like th these are people. Would you want somebody poking their finger in your face and telling you that you are the devil, that you are the, the cause and the reason for everything that's going on and everything that's wrong? Like you're not going to listen to it. So why should they? They're a human being. They're a person. You got to understand that nobody's going to sit there and be the pincushion just because of the way you feel about history. Explain it better. Speak better. Be better. If you want people to understand who you are as a black man and as a black woman, we just got to do better or just stay internal. Heal the community from within. Heal the people from within. Spend all your money and your energy instead of being a hot mess and going out and trying to make noise, make healing. Make progress. Make growth. All right, you all. I love you all. Hope you love me back. You can love, like, and share these messages. Sorry for going so long. We will get to the fitness. I'll see you soon.